Hi, I am Samuel Landathem and I listen to the Designcast from Dubai. I am Afreen Sheikh and I listen to Designcast from Mumbai, India. I am Enrique Caetano and I listen to Designcast from Portugal. Hello and welcome to DesignCast, a podcast where I interview a wide range of excellent guests in design and STEAM education to get their unique perspectives. My name is Jason Regan and I use my 20 plus years of experience as a design educator to dig deep into complex issues. This podcast has one simple mission, to create a community of people around the world that are interested in design and STEAM education. Each episode, I chat with guests from all corners of the design world, from classroom teachers to authors and even to educational consultants. We discuss a wide range of topics that we feel are relevant today. I do want to ask you that if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, or download from your favorite podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by listeners that might not find it otherwise. Also, it helps me to continually define the direction of future guests and episodes. Feel free to drop by my website, www.jasonreagan.ga, to leave me a comment or to sign up to be considered as a future guest on future episodes. Also, don't forget to stop by Anchor and leave me a voice clip that could even end up in an upcoming show. Thanks for listening. So let's get to it. All right. On this episode of DesignCast, I had the opportunity to speak with Eric Burton. Eric is the founder and creator of Classwork Zoom, which is a Chrome extension that educators can use that utilizes the revision history of Google Docs and other items in your Google Classroom. It allows the teacher to look at the time spent on an assignment by a student and it even includes analytics. I've used it and it is an amazing tool and it makes your work as a teacher more efficient and effective. Eric has made this product free to review a single student at a time. His website is classworkzoom.com, all one word, and you can search for it as well on the Chrome extension store. I highly recommend checking this out to anyone who uses Google Classroom. Also, please subscribe and rate and share this podcast. If you have any ideas for future episodes or would like to be a guest, please reach out to me through my website, www.jasonreagan.ga, as there is a con- contact form right there on the website. If you really would like to just leave me a voicemail, I would love to hear from you. And the link for that, being able to leave me a message is right there in the show notes. Also, you can connect with Eric and all of his information is there on the show notes, including a book that he says everyone should stop right now and read. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Eric Burton.
welcome back to another edition of Design Cast, and it is my absolute delight and pleasure to have Eric Burton with me. Eric, how are you tonight? Great, doing great. I'm glad you had me on here. Thank you so much, Eric. And Eric and I have known each other a while, but Eric, mm-hmm. do you mind telling everybody a little bit about yourself and kind of what led you up to this point? Let me see. I, I was a programmer uh, back at the University of Florida for maybe 14 years, uh, data analyst uh, for the most part. And then I came to Korea and started teaching. I was teaching in public schools and then in a high school for six years. So 10 years total in Korea. And as a teacher, well, I still thought in a similar way. I still looked at data in a similar way. I feel like I kind of approached some things from that perspective more than other English teachers would. And so what do you mean by you approach things differently than other English teachers would? I looked at, for example, I, I would, went to my first Google Summit here in Korea, and, and I learned about all sorts of tools that uh, people could use on, with Chrome, Google Chrome extensions. And so I found, basically, I was thinking about new extensions, new things that I could do uh, when I saw data. And I wanted to, <laughs> it's actually, I didn't, I didn't think about doing them at all myself. I, I, I said, man, you know, I want this. There must be something like this out there. And usually, when I felt that way, then I could find it. I looked at the revision history of Google Docs. And I said, man, this is really good, but there's no way I can dig through all of this, you know, in any kind of reasonable time. If I'm, if, if everybody's got an assignment, I can't dig it out in time for everybody to make it worth it. So once in a while, I would dig into it when it looked like there was something to look for. But I thought there must be some something that kind of mines that data for you. And I, and I looked for a, about a year and I couldn't find anything. So I started kind of drawing things up and looking for somebody to help me do that, to get it out. You know, you're right. Every time I think about this something that should be out there, I usually can find it. (laughs) Somebody's usually figured it out before me. And so I guess with you having kind of a programming background, though, Mm -hmm. uh, I think probably you were able to articulate what it is you wanted a bit more or what do you think? Exactly. Yes, that's true. Like I, because a lot of times people come up with an idea and they, they go to a programmer and then they get the yeses and the nos and like, this is possible and that's but not possible. And that, well, first off, when I was approaching someone about this, then I was able to draw it up and say, because I know generally how things work, even though I was a mainframe programmer and that doesn't help me much with, as a teacher, I didn't have time to pick up, you know, JavaScript and everything. The, the, a lot of the modern languages, which is what my, uh, my program's written in is uh, JavaScript. We haven't really introduced the program yet. But anyway, I was able to, to draw up in a way that I knew things worked in general. Then like I had a guy who said, yeah, that looks like an amazing project. Let's, let's work on that. I, I found someone on upwork.com. He, he like, he has a team and we started working together. I've gone through a series of programmers over the last, uh, maybe three years. We will have one for a while, but then sometimes they move on. It's, it's a uh, contractors that work under the main, the main guy but the same project manager the whole time and the same owner of the company the whole time. And sometimes in there, I'll have people who say, yeah, that can't be done. And then sometimes because of my understanding of of how things work, then I can say, well, but what about this? What about that? And find ways through that, that somebody who doesn't have a background like mine would have just taken a no. Right. So we've been talking kind of talking around it. So tell sure. us tell us a little bit about your extension because it's an extension, right? Right. So it's Classwork Zoom, which I assure you I named long before I ever heard of Zoom, the video conferencing company that has <laughs> since taken over the world. 
I went to ISTE, uh, International Society for Technology and Education uh, Conference in 2019. It was my big debut and I had a booth there and it was a really amazing experience. And I had lots and lots of people come and ask me what was going on, like, because I had a big old TV screen in my booth showing the extension. And then I had two people, two people who said, oh, Zoom, this is great. I love it. That has multiplied quite a lot since then. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of people that, that know exactly uh, what it is. So it's a Chrome extension that when you install, basically it just takes your your permissions that you give it and can explore and and visualize the revision history of Google Docs, Sheets, Slides, Drawings, and now Sites that are associated with your Google Classroom assignments. It is awesome. I have used it. Um, and thank you for generously letting folks use that uh, sure. free of charge during that yeah. time. And uh-huh. I will tell you that even at my own school, as I introduce it to people, you know, people sometimes don't know what they don't know. Mm, <laughs> right. Sometimes exactly. they don't know what they're missing. True. And once you have that visualization, mm-hmm. it's hard to not have it anymore. It right? sure is. It's- yeah. I mean, as a teacher, like, I mean, I just, it was such a relief to have it. So yeah, like it shows basically on a timeline when a student uh, started working, when they, when they stopped working in chunks of five minutes or more and when it shows possible pasting. So if characters appear quickly, then like if it's, if 10 characters appear quickly, then maybe there's a slow connection the student was typing fast they have 20 characters or more you know that you know so depending on how many characters uh, seem to appear very quickly in the revision history then its likelihood of being pasting is is increased but it's it's marked so that you can just take a look and say hmm this looks like something i should investigate or doesn't and it shows when students are formatting if you select that option there if you you know if you're not interested in that you can turn it off and it shows comments right on the timeline so basically you don't see the words until you hover over the visual indicator of a comment and then you can see a preview right in the timeline of a comment. For pasting, you can see a preview right in the timeline of pasting. So without even opening the documents, then for a whole class at a time, then you can view all of this for everyone. It just saves so much time. Basically, it's impossible to do that for for every student, to look at all that for every student one by one without it. And it's just crazy easy uh, with it. So I think, Eric, you're a bit of a prophet because I think you thought about this well before your time. And what I mean by that is that I think things like this were probably on on people's thoughts, especially Mm -hmm. people teach older students, you know, also you and I work in a very high octane Mm. academic (laughs) setting where our students are a lot of high pressure, a lot of high pressure, a lot of pressure to perform for their parents, for their family, what have you. And I I think it's really great because I found even using it for my middle school classes, it showed me how long students were spending on it when they were spending time on it, Mm -hmm. all those kinds of things. And so it gave me tremendous insight Mm -hmm. into what to expect and also the work habits of my students, you know, and so thinking about their time management skills and Mm -hmm. thinking about the kinds of things that they will use their time for right and then you know and how they crunch at the end just like Mm -hmm. adults do (laughs) yeah sure yeah so you can see when it's happening and the cool thing is it's like you can can see if you do something for example i'll I'll tell you a story i had i had a week I dedicated the whole week one year to an essay, to a first draft. I said, hey, everybody, you know, this is like this. Every one of my classes, you come in, you'll be working on it. You have questions. I'll be here at the back, get working. And I saw kids, you know, on their computers. I saw they had the right things on their screen when I was looking. They were talking to each other. Sometimes I thought, ah, they'll seem a little chatty. But, you know, it seemed like maybe they're plausibly focused on that. And people were coming back to my desk every so often. And I didn't check. I didn't check the extension. 
it was fully developed at that time. And I didn't check it because I was like, this is going pretty well. <laughs> then like when I was grading, when I was grading the essay, I was like, just as I would normally do, I pulled it up while I was looking at the work. And I saw that, that students had done like 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 15 seconds of work in, in a whole week, some of them. Some of them had done five minutes. I think maybe there was somebody who had done 15 minutes. I mean, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was, it was nothing like what I believed had been happening. And I was shocked. It wasn't just one class. It's like everybody said, yeah, man, Mr. Burton's given us, you know, some time and we, you know, it's our time and we can do what we want. Not, not what Mr. Burton wants, what we want. And that's a bit of an issue as a teacher. You know, ideally you're going to, the students are going to want to do it because you've, you've designed something engaging, you know, you've, so I had a problem and I felt shocked. And after that was over, I felt betrayed. And I was like, Oof, oh man, what am I going to do with this? And I, and I waited until, you know, the, the peak of, of this emotion was passed. And I had a very uh, clear uh, talk with them. I, I said to, to each of my classes, hey, everybody, I know what happened. And here's very important what I didn't do. Hey, everybody, look at this cool tool. Look at you on the timeline. I didn't do that. I was like, you know, because everybody knows the revision histories out there. They know too, it's also very difficult to dig into. And so they just think I'll get away with it. Maybe somebody else won't, but I will. But I just said, hey, everybody, I know. And that's all they needed to know. I know what happened and it can't happen again. And here's the deal. It really, because when I looked at the end, the end of that week, 10 p.m., you know, like between, you know, 8 and 10 p.m. when it was due, then there was a massive amount of work done. It was just like phew, the timeline was just packed. It was crazy. I said, if it really takes you two hours to write an essay, I never need to give you more than two hours. <laughs> like we can just like essay now and, and I can focus on other things. There's so many things that we could have done this week, but I didn't do them because I thought you, you were going to be spending time working and refining and this. And so if it really does take that, this is not a punishment or anything. I wasn't even angry. I was, I was at a good place. I was like, we, we can change things. If this is reality, I can adjust to reality. And I felt pretty good about that talk. I think it went well. And the final draft of that essay was was, you know, pretty good. It was more like what I expected in terms of their distribution of effort time-wise. I remember I was looking for, because sometimes I have, I'll take a class, display fake names and show a timeline of real works, you know, sometimes as an example, so I can can show people how it works. And I was looking for an example from the same class for the final essay of that class. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I hadn't like looked at it and like uh, focused on it. And kids were like spending like seven hours, 15 hours <laughs> instead of seconds. I'm talking wow. hours now. And it was a good topic. And it was, a, a you know, like I felt like it was something the kids were enjoying because they, they were able to personalize it. So it's like, you know, how much it was due to my talk, how much it was due to the topic and whatever, but something massive changed for those same students. The cool thing is that when you do something, you can see if it increases engagement. You can't fake engagement on this mm. because it's, you know, when the work is being done at the right time, by the right people, then it's there. You can see it, like, in, especially when it's in a whole group, then you can say, okay, I did something right here. But if nothing changes, then you can say, well, I need to go back to the drawing board. What else can I do? So it's a feedback loop of engagement. You can see what's working. It's if somebody used it as a cat and mouse thing, like, aha, you didn't do something, or aha, you did do this thing you shouldn't have done. If that's, you know, where you're coming from, then, well, it's not going to get you very far, but if you use it as a way to better yourself, better your teaching, better the engagement of your class, then that's really cool that you can see this result. They don't have to tell you. You can just see it. It sounds like that, you know, again, it's not meant to be a punitive situation. Right. It's just yeah. another data point, right? Exactly. It's just another opportunity to have some analytics mm -hmm. for, it's just like a website, right? <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, you're, yeah. you're tracking how many viewers you have, you're tracking sure. how long they stay mm -hmm. on a page. Yeah. Now, Eric, let me ask you, I can't remember when I've used this in the past, mm -hmm. do I have to be the owner of the document? 
in order for it to show up or does it have to, can it be any document that the students have in Google Classroom? Uh, well, basically, uh, you technically, yes, you do have to be the owner, but the way, if you're an owner and it's not attached to an assignment, then it won't make any difference. So it's like you're, you have to be the owner in the, you know, which, which happens when a student attaches something to an assignment. If you assigned it to them, like, a, you know, make a copy for every student, or if they attach it and then they take that document as the owner and then remove your access in some way, which I think is possible, then, then you wouldn't be able to see into it. The revision history would be unavailable. But as a teacher, whenever you go into something, you know, that's attached and the students haven't done that with, then then you can see, if you, as long as you can see the revision history, then so can the extension. So, for example, if I've uh, students have submitted the work to you and it's still sitting there and you haven't returned it to them, so to speak, yeah. Would, as long as you're able to view that revision history, it, it can uh, analyze the document. Yeah, actually, sorry, I, I misspoke. You don't actually okay. have to be the owner. Uh, okay. You have to, you have just have to be able to see the revision history. <laughs> sorry. So no, that's like, fine. No, that's when they totally submit, fine. it does change ownership to you, but. Mm. But, you know, when it's attached to the assignment or, you know, then, then it's then you have access to the revision history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like you would if you were doing it directly. It just automates it for you. It's fantastic. I can't sing your praises enough. Oh, thanks. thanks. <laughs> I really think it's great. Yeah. And so and I assume are the teachers at your school using it or? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's free for everybody at my school. I just like, you know, wrote them in earlier free forever. But um, not everybody uses it. Not everybody uses it in any school. But I guess I took a while actually showing it to I had. I I had a few diehard users like early on from the beginning, but it, you know, I didn't really, you know, show it to a lot of people at my school, but I, last year when everything started going online, then I showed it to some teachers and like, oh my God, this is cool. And so it started spreading some, but it looks like there are people who get it. There are people who value it. People understand it and other people don't, and that's fine. Probably those folks who don't get it wouldn't be looking at revision history anyway. That's so true. That's true. You yeah. know, they're just looking for that final thing. They don't understand the value in right. that level of analytics and that's okay. Yeah. Like sure. you said, I mean, it's it's to each person how far they want to dig down and, and yeah. drill down to see that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I was introduced to it a few years ago at one of the Google Apps events. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. Right. And so you've shared that a couple of times there. And I know mm -hmm. that everybody has been super stoked yeah. every time you've shown it to them. And, yeah. and it's 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 gone through multiple revisions and multiple updates, which yeah. has just made it more and more. Tell me a little bit more about this. Uh, you said that it works with Google Sites now. Right. Yeah. So basically... When I first became aware of Sites, I, I didn't pay too much attention to the first version of it, but then the, the later version, uh, we've been using it some in, in my um, my job this year, and I noticed that it had a revision history. I don't think it had that from the beginning, but basically, if it's got a revision history, then it can be shown in the timeline, because we're, we're just mining revision histories. That's all we're doing. And so, so yeah, it's now included uh, as of last week. So if you're, like in my school, we have students making portfolios that they update during the year every year so by the end of the by the time they graduate then they've got this great portfolio of their best work then now we can see when students have been working on the, how much work they put into it because on the timeline it um, it not only shows you you know the individual blocks of work but it also gives you lots of summary information and it just it's just nice to see I mean a student has a lot to be proud of anyway and we have a lot to be proud of for our students but it's kind of cool to see you know how much people have put into it so that we could say yeah our students have spent on average this much time actually that's a sort of a new feature as well is that you can download summary reports so that you can say you know here's a spreadsheet of how much time students spent on a particular assignment then you can like average that the total mm -hmm. right there in the spreadsheet that's a very powerful piece of information yeah to be able to have that there and you know the numbers don't lie <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It makes those tough conversations a little less tough, I guess. Yeah, everything um, requires interpretation no matter what, but it's like, yeah, as long as you know what because every the teacher knows their assignments, they know what the work rep the number Absolutely. Represent, so. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a very powerful tool and uh, I do appreciate you sharing that with us and I've used it on multiple occasions and I do find so much value in it. So, you know, yeah. thank you for continuing to work hard to put that sure. together and hopefully anyone from Google who might be listening and wants to purchase it, I'm sure you wouldn't mind. Yeah, you never can tell. Yeah. <laughs> you never know, right? Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for Spotify to pick up my podcast. So, yeah, you, you know, here we go. We can both wish for big things. Yeah, but... fingers crossed. <laughs> this podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Eric, let me ask you a couple of just sort of different questions. Um, I mean, the extension, I'm going to make sure that that's included in Mm -hmm. the show notes. And I know that people will totally dig that. Anyone who's into data and analytics would totally Mm -hmm. love that. Just shifting gears a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier that, you know, we've spent some time with Google Apps, Summits and and things like that. I've been on at least one or two of these Thirsty Thursday PDs, the other live streams. And you're one of the the moderators for that. Can you tell Mm -hmm. folks what that is and what what it's about well yeah it's it's a, a group of googly folks who uh, mostly are in bangkok but really kind of all around we sort of pick up new like we might have a guest on and then you know then they'll moderate the next week or sometime soon and we just you know pick topics and we have just a wide range of expertise and personalities and we all just a great group that we all get along really well and we just kind of explore topics and try to keep it to an hour because uh because some people like to go to bed yeah i i'll stay up all night it's like starts at 10 p.m my time but it's eight o'clock in bangkok so yeah we it's it's really fun i remember the first time i did it so sethi de clerk i'd met him at actually at my first google yep. summit where i presented yep. classwork zoom and you know he's just a great guy and he he's very enthusiastic and so I, I wonder, I'm not really sure who started it because I think there had been an earlier phase of, of Thirsty Thursday before mm-hmm. I uh, I got there and they were just starting again. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he started it because he just <laughs> he got probably, this like, yeah. we should do this. You know, he does that. <laughs> well, so I didn't know anything about it. And yeah. he just, hey, Eric. Just get on this thing. Just get on this. Yeah. Uh, like here, <laughs> That's click what this. he did to me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> click this, and then all of a sudden, I was on this this uh, yes. live streaming show. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so so yeah, but it's just a really great bunch, and we like each other. It's the kind of thing where you know a lot of times people who do well in interview kind of shows like you. That's why the mm-hmm. the host will have their buddy, you know, Ed McMahon to the Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm, they like mm-hmm. each other, you know. They just they just enjoy each other's company There's, and appreciate synergy. each other. Yeah, exactly. And so, so it's like, if you, you know, then, then you, you can feel that too. And I think that's mm-hmm. how, how some people get started, <laughs> you know, coming in after, after having, you know, been yeah. viewers and commenters for a while. You know, working in a live stream situation is very different than mm-hmm. recording a podcast or yeah. even doing a class, you know, mm-hmm. with students. I mean, when, especially when you've got to balance the time between six or eight people and you want to try to answer questions and yeah. you want to do all kinds of things. And so, you know, I'll make sure to include the home channel, I guess right. you'd call it in the show notes, cause it's really fun. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It is late. <laughs> it's yeah. 10 o'clock here for yeah, me too. Right. And uh-huh. I'm an old man. So it's quite yeah. late for me. It is fun. And we, you know, you're right. You take a topic each week and you kind of, 
you know, get folks who are either working with that or experts in that, or just want to know more about it there to ask questions and things like that. So I will say that it was, it's been a lot of fun the times I've been there. And so I appreciate you guys doing that and maybe we can get a little spinoff going on here and in the, in the rock, you know, and, and see if we can do something this far North, but you never know. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's very cool. And so, so tell me just a few more things here, Eric, Mm -hmm. and what's one ed tech tool that you cannot live without? I was thinking about Loom. Loom is really so useful. It's so basic, you know, but it's just like so handy. There's a million screencasters out there, screencast programs. You know, people have recommend different ones all the time, but I just, I guess it's just the first one I got started with and it's, I've never had the need to jump. It's like having a handy icon on the extension bar and just start recording. It helps me communicate with people all the time. I would second that on Loom. I really like it. I think it's a great product. It's free forever for Teachers. educators. You know, yes, that sir. that doesn't hurt the situation. Yep, yep that's true. <laughs> so what book would you recommend everyone stop what they're doing and read right now? Wow. I just, there's a book called Algorithms to Live By. It's really amazing. It's been a while since I read it, but I I was really inspired by it, that it sort of validates like kind of a gut sense that we have of a lot of things. Ah. I'm not, I can't use that to justify my gut in all circumstances, but it helped me out. It helped me out with some estimations actually uh, for some things that I I was trying to figure out, but it's helps you with decision-making in real life situations. It's really good. Like for programming, yeah. Yes, but also for management, for any kind of deci- like in business, any kind of decisions, uh, situations where you're making a lot of decisions, then it can help you see how to make decisions better. And it's also a quick read. It's got lots of great anecdotal uh, evidence and and then evidential evidence to back it up. Sure. But it, it's it's really yeah very engaging and uh, influenced me in some ways. That's awesome. I'll have to add that to my growing list of yeah, uh, yeah. bucket list books. Mm, you know? Right. I think I'll, yeah. I'll, that's what I'll call it. So yeah, that yeah. sounds awesome. And so Eric, if people want to get in touch with you and find out more about your work, how's how can they do that? There's my site. There's a contact feedback form on my site, which goes to my email. My business email is, is eric at classworkzoom.com. So if anybody wants to ask me about it, any questions, I'm always happy to answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been really good, actually, because we've gotten some good ideas from people who are like, what about this? More heads are better than one when mm-hmm. it comes to these things. So, I mean, everyone needs feedback, right? Whether it's yeah. good, bad, or ugly. And then if people want to find out more about your product, I assume your, your extension, I assume it's there on your website. And also my YouTube channel has just like three videos right now. I'm not very (laughs) prolific, but it's got that story I told you. It's about like no work and then then a big lot of work later. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. like shown on the timeline um, in in that video. So you can like see the real like fake student names, but very real work exam or or lack of work Mm -hmm. examples as as the case may be. Yeah. So so a couple of walkthroughs to show you how it works and what can offer. Like one thing I didn't that is in that video that I didn't mention is has been really useful for uh, one of our science teachers in group work. Then it shows you anytime more than one person worked on a document, it might be that that people were supposed to work on it. It might be that some of them weren't assigned to it. So then you, mm. you got a different thing to worry about, but it shows you the percentage of, of editing or the percentage of characters, either one, the editing time or characters added by every participant broken down wow. so that you can see, you know, was it balanced? Was there an obvious imbalance? Mm. And then you, you know, you can find out, do I need to look into something? What was it? So if, if people are complaining, this teacher, you know, mentions to me on occasion that, you know, the, the, I did all the work person, maybe they didn't do all the work or, or, you know, yep. it, sometimes, sometimes the, <laughs> The, the story that it tells is a good one. Yeah, right. but, it, but it's it's just really nice to get another perspective when you've got all these kids pointing at each other and saying different things. I'm telling you, 
It's a powerful tool, and I would recommend yeah. it to anybody. Anyone who has a Google Classroom should be checking this thing out. Yeah, and I forgot to mention that that fairly recently we made it so that it's uh, free for any teacher to look at a single student at a time. Whether you know, because we had like during the the peak of the of the first wave, then mm-hmm. then it was free for any closed school. But right now, schools are like opening and closing, and you never sure. can tell what. But now it's anywhere, any circumstances, free one student at a time. I see. So you don't see the whole class. You just well, you would have the list there, and then you just see what they do, or you just right. pick the so kids if you, from the drop if you click, down, or yeah, if you uh, if you click to to see. Um, the breakdown, you'd see the one student's participation, but not the whole class. But yeah, it shows, uh, you just select the one student, then that one student shows up in the timeline. Gotcha. That's fantastic that you're allowing us to have that access as well. So I appreciate that, Eric. And I I know that people are going to want to check it out. And so they need to head over to classworkzoom.com and have a look at that and get in touch with you and find out more about it. And I mean, I know that as we continue to be in hybrid or blended or whatever Mm -hmm. flip classroom sort of situations that we're in, that these kinds of tools are going to become more and more valuable. And so I really appreciate all the hard work you put into that. that. Eric, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you taking some time tonight and chatting with me. And I know that folks are going to want to find out more about that. So I'm sure they'll get in touch with you. So I'm going to make sure to put everything on the show notes so that they can get in touch with you. But thank you so much, Eric. It's been such a pleasure having you here. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. I hope you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. I'm Jason, your host, and I produced and created this podcast. If you have any input, I would love to hear from you. And I look forward to seeing you again really soon.